Welcome to the Empathetic Marketer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond. And today I have Courtney Pallotta from Chaos Search. Courtney, it's really nice to have you on. Brad, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm really happy to have a chance to be here. I'm really excited. So can you first tell me a bit about yourself, about your company and what you guys are doing and what you're up to? Sure. So I lead the marketing team at Chaos Search. We are a cloud data platform that allows organizations to activate their data lake for analytics at scale. What that really means for companies that are trying to do that sort of work is whether it's operational log data, so complex, large operational log data sets, SQL analytics, all of that information can be accessed direct from your S3 for purposes of a multitude of analytic outcomes at scale without having to do all the work of migration, moving, pipelining, et cetera. So for our customers, they are gaining tremendous time to value and then reducing their cost overall by being able to eliminate a lot of the work as well as application reliance that they have to get, get data accessible today to get better answers more quickly. So that is what we do. Very cool. That's awesome. And tell me a bit about marketing. Who's your targeted ICP and, and buyer and all that stuff? We spend most of our time on a pretty focused ICP today. So we are looking for large digital native and enterprise size organizations who have a significant amount of cloud services. The reason for that is we have certainly seen in a lot of our deployed customer situations is that one of the foundational elements of being able to run a multitude of cloud services for your organization to succeed is all the microservices that sit at the foundation of that and analyzing the, the performance and efficiency and inputs and outputs of each of those microservices is a tremendous effort that requires a lot of access to data. So that generates a ton of log and event data. So if you think about that, so you have, you have a lot of cloud services, you have a whole bunch of microservices as a result, and you require access to that stuff pretty frequently. So if you are an organization for whom your front door is your website, and most customers engage with these that way, that would be a very good example of a customer that would really benefit from using Chaos Search and are thinking about using some pretty enterprise scale log applications today. So they could be thinking about using Elasticsearch or Datadog or Splunk or something like that. We generally find ourselves competing in that space and then really helping organizations get access to that log data at scale and then reduce their cost pretty significantly. Very cool. So let's take the big picture and narrow it down to a specific channel now. So one of the things a lot of other marketers are out there thinking about today is a podcast and their social content and even YouTube and all this stuff. And you guys decided to launch a podcast called Data Legends. Let's dive into a bit of your thought process there and what led to this launch. And you know, as a marketer, why did you decide that podcast makes sense for you? couple of reasons. Well, first thing, like you and I, here we are on a podcast talking about the power of a podcast. I think it's become absolute commonplace that if you want to consume information, sometimes you're on the move. Sometimes you're not at your desk. Sometimes you're on a walk, you're doing other work and you can listen to content and really learn something. And I think all of us have a, a series of podcasts, many of us that we listen to on a daily basis. And at Chaos Search, we were doing a really good job of creating content. I believe we still are creating a, a ton of content, but a lot of the lean on that content was written assets of varying lengths, okay? So we're very active on social and we were uh, doing a whole lot of outbound and we had what you would consider a, you know, a library of solution briefs and case studies and all of that stuff. But what we weren't doing was kind of leaning in on the more 
general thought leadership style topics that would allow both people at Chaos Search and other people to just talk about topics that are interesting to them and relevant in a podcast format. For us, it was meant to be an augmentation to our content strategy that wasn't meant to generate leads or anything like that, but to really just talk about some stuff that we think technologists say, if, you are, if you're a marketer in a technology company or you're a head of engineering, you understand what it's like to work in that kind of environment. And we address a variety of those challenges from managing teams to managing data to working in the new hybrid norm for companies that are technology leading in their style and thought we would give it a shot. So we call it Data Legends. We have had a multitude of Data Legends. I think we've had about a dozen participants so far. We launched the podcast the second half of last year. And we have just had some tremendously interesting conversations with all sorts of different individuals at giant companies like SaaS and smaller independent contractors who just have a wealth of knowledge when it comes to thinking about how you take not only innovation today forward, but how do you manage teams to support productively taking innovation forward? Totally. I love that. And what did that process before the launch look like when you even were deciding like this podcast makes sense for us, trying to figure all this out? What was that process like? What were things that you're thinking? So part of it in the beginning was what audience is this going to serve? So generally, if we produce a new piece of content of any kind, we're thinking about for whom does this matter? At what stage of a cycle of engagement with Chaos Search is this particular asset going to apply? And we did that same sort of, I would say, analysis for the role a podcast would play. But the thing that's particularly interesting is that the end game isn't that you're going to necessarily become a lead or somebody that we eventually sell to. So you kind of have to change your thought process a little bit. But we went through this process of who are the sorts of people that will participate? We'll talk, we talked a little bit about that. So technologists of any kind entrepreneurs trying to launch their own startup, people, team leaders in tech companies, that sort of audience to us felt like pretty general that you could benefit and that we would produce a variety of content to serve each of those different types of people. So that as opposed to keeping the, when you and I just talked about ICP, when we're prospecting, our ICP is very narrow. When we're podcasting, the ICP is really wide because we are, it's not a, it's not a customer profile. It's really just who could benefit from hearing from this and will they find it interesting? So we did that. We partnered with a third-party organization to help us kind of mobilize around producing the podcast. Because as you know, doing this all the time, it's not just the two people getting on and having a conversation. It's how do you promote the snippets? How do you functionally set everybody up so that you can produce it for success? How do you record these things so that there's basically optimal performance of the podcast itself without a lot of the lags that could come? And then post-recording, how do you take those transcripts and use little elements to help this be something that people can actually find and consume? So we partnered with a third party to do that. It probably took us about 90 days to start from idea to execution. And then what I thought our team did really well, aside from launching the podcast, is that we had a line of guests signed up to be part of the podcast before we ever recorded the first one. So like in the first three weeks, I think we recorded five podcasts. And it was great because we all of a sudden had... and we. You know, we're all just reaching out to people we know. Hey, Wes was one of our, our guests that Karina on our team had reached out to. Would you like to come on and participate in a conversation? And generally, if there's no pressure there, the answer is yes. And then we were kind of off to the races. So hopefully that gives you a little lens for how we were able to get it started. That's awesome. And but were there any learnings or lessons in that, that, that process or things you'd do differently or change if you were to do it again? 
I guess that there are a couple learnings that we have certainly consumed and, and tweaked our own program uh, to support, which is you really have to put work into asking people to participate, not because they don't want to do it, but they're, I mean, people aren't just sitting there raising their hand to join your po podcast in, in what is most people's non-existent spare time. So being thoughtful about having a constant pipeline of, hey, I know six pretty cool people. Have I reached out to each of them and done follow-up that would at least try, probably generate interest from half of these individuals to keep the pipeline going? Because what we realized is marketing, like as a, as a function can do some of that, but it really is about the speakers, about uh, Dave Armlin on our team or Thomas, our founder, or myself, who generally the three of us are the hosts of the podcast, actually reaching out people to be able to build the conversation. Because at the end of the day, the goal is it, it the goal is for it to be really authentic. And you can generally have an authentic conversation with somebody you know, and can get a sense for what you two might really want to talk about together. And without that, kind of just leaning on like the other side of the example would be, hey, SDR team, if you're on the phone with anybody that seems like they're interesting, so our SDRs are prospecting all day, invite them to our podcast. That is an okay thing to do. And we continue to do that when people seem really interesting, but it isn't a sustainable way for us to grow the podcast. So for us, definitely as a host, really being vested into trying to find the people who come in and have these conversations makes all the difference. And are you only going after warm relationships that are existing or do you approach people cold out there and, hey, this is an interesting person on LinkedIn? We've approached people cold too. We've approached people cold. So a couple of the, I mean, cold being, we've seen people who maybe themselves produce a really interesting podcast or have been on them. And then we just reach out. We also have a podcast, you know, not, maybe not on like how we've gotten onto this call. So it, it is one of those things that can be, uh, if not uncomfortable to try to reach out to somebody cold, but but the work that the SDR team does to do that sort of cold outreach to is pretty cold, right? Because they're calling up someone they don't know. That person sounds like they're kind of interesting. And then we say, hey, we actually have this podcast. So don't worry about talking about chaos search, but would you like to talk about technology and teams and stuff? And then we get them on. And I would consider that probably as cold as it gets. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. So you spend 90 days, you launch it. Then what happens? Uh, initial traction, what all that look like? Yeah. I mean, I think that we were, like anything in life, it's a shiny new object. So we put the podcast out there. They looked awesome. We had them. Actually, I'll give you a second learning, which is we were producing the podcast every other week at this point. And what we realized, and it was great. So we kind of came out for maybe it was three months and we produced a new podcast every other week, something like this. It felt like from a workload perspective, that was maybe a little bit less sustainable for us than producing one great monthly podcast. So, and that may change as we, I mean, we're not a huge company at Chaos Search and we really want our own team to be able to have these conversations. So something that we did, you know, is that we figured we came out, like everything's great. We put out these, these bi-weekly podcasts and then all of a sudden we go, really good. Let's slow this down a little bit to make sure we can manage it because it was be the work wasn't so much getting these things recorded. It's the combination of the, the recording, the editing, the promotion, the making sure we're not just throwing stuff out there for the sake of doing it and really getting behind one really powerful conversation a month. So maybe I've answered two questions. First being like, that's how this happened in the beginning. And then uh, some of our immediate learnings sort of in the first two to three months were to, to, to modify how we do that a little bit. Yeah, I love that. It sounds very exciting. Like there's a lot of uh, thought and for that 90 days, you're promoting it. There's a lot of excitement. 
what does the promotion aspect of it look like? Do you do you put it up on social and promote it there? Once you get an episode out there, how do you generate that excitement? Yeah, so we do a couple of things. And this is where this, the third-party partner we worked with has helped make this very a lot easier for us. But we at Chaos Search, we're marketing to businesses. So we're, we're constantly in this, this B2B model, but we use some B2C channels, right? We are talking to professionals via LinkedIn, via Twitter, via YouTube. We have video clips of each of our podcast segments. So you can actually download the podcast itself, but we use the video clips to actually generate interest. And we share those online through multiple sources. So the combination of making sure they're available on YouTube, plus our site, plus on all the podcast channels, plus via Twitter and LinkedIn. And we ask obviously each of the presenters or the speakers or participants in the session to also promote them. We've mostly just promoted it that way. So, and the growth has in that sense been organic. We just kind of pushed out the fact that these things exist and word of mouth has helped it travel around. And is it all organic or are you putting any paid spend behind any of this content or anything? At this moment, we're not putting a bunch of paid spend behind the podcast. That doesn't mean we wouldn't do that next year. Most of our paid spend at this moment is focused on what I would consider just more direct prospecting of customers where with the role of the podcast being a little bit more thought leadership in its nature, we almost like the organic growth of that more for right now, where we can focus the ads on things that are a little bit more direct in their their conversion. Let's talk about other channels. We touched we touched a little bit about this uh, on the you know short clips you're creating. Uh, I I took a look. You are putting it up on YouTube, so you have it on LinkedIn, YouTube. Uh, what are those other channels, and and then how are you measuring each channel and the overall success of this initiative? I'm going to go to the second part of your question first, which is we're using all the channels that that we just talked about, like, you know, the LinkedIn's, the Twitter's, the, the YouTube, et cetera. And we are primarily measuring impact based on views. So that's good. So we've had several thousand views, which has been very, very good for us. And then obviously, if we can measure from having looked at our podcast, any traffic back to our own site, we're capturing that, which is great because we're while that's not the end game goal, it's very nice to see that if someone here is a productive conversation that Chaos Search leads. They might be interested in learning more about what we do. So we are measuring that. We use uh, tools like HubSpot, for example, to measure the website traffic. And then we compare this. So, so we produce a bunch of videos for how to create an index with Chaos Search versus somebody who may link to the podcast. So it's interesting for us to see what type of content elements actually perform better. So we're, we've, we're well instrumented to be able to manage and measure each of those interaction points. So you're looking at each channel and then you're looking at views and downloads and listens and all that stuff. And then are you looking at, does that person become a customer or is that data hidden or how sophisticated is the analytics behind all of them? So we have that. If you joined our podcast, okay, and you're in our, you're in our customer database as a person who's a podcast participant. So that would be, it is not a campaign, but we tr can treat it as a campaign. So if you then correspondingly come back and decide to have a conversation with Chaos Search because you are interested in understanding what our cloud data platform does, we will absolutely be able to see that you participated in the podcast. Now, the, the second level down there is if you listen to the podcast and then you came through and did something with us later, we'd be able to see that too, which is great. Interesting. How does someone become part of that podcast database? And do they submit their email and sign up to the podcast newsletter? Or what, is, what does that mean that they've become part of the podcast database? 
they would have to submit their, at least provide us their email address so name and email address via form and then we can capture that now i will tell you that for many listeners we don't have that level of data so you're kind of it's like it's like our blog i would love for people to come in and subscribe to the blog and if you've subscribed to the blog i know that that was your source of engagement but there are a whole lot of people that read our blogs that didn't subscribe and i know that they visited the site but i don't know who they are so there is some of that gray area with the podcast too and like anything we try to be really careful about capturing too much information from anybody for something that might otherwise perceive to be free like if i want to go listen to a podcast people aren't asking me for a lot of information so we capture it when we can but particularly obviously for any of our speakers we are tracking those people as people and organizations that we eventually want to talk to so even if it isn't the person who joined as a speaker on the podcast if we're able to engage other people in that organization it still is a good association well any other advice you have for other marketers out there when it comes to launching a podcast running it things you should not do things you should do any wrap-up advice so we're a small team uh, to give you a sense we're fewer than and than two dozen team members on that the chaos search marketing team and I would say that the podcast is a bit of a heavy lift because it is like launching a, a blog program. It's not that hard to launch a blog program, but it is very hard to produce content that people care about. And if you don't have real commitment from people who will be content creators, it may not be the right time for you to start a podcast, for example. So if the person that you want to have be the host tells you they can do this one time a month max, and you can see that they really don't have the cycles to be reaching out to individuals and recruiting them, that might be your temperature check around whether or not your organization is ready. Conversely, like when are you ready? Hey, you've built a pretty strong content engine. You understand how to get new topics from idea to execution, and you'd like to leverage this podcast channel as a channel. That to me would be a much stronger indicator of being able to do something like this, because the last thing you want is to not be able to sustain it. In a small team, you're always going, is this thing going, you know, it's not like doing more, it's doing less of what actually matters. Is this going to be something that we can sustain for a period of time and we can see our way into being productive with it? And if the answer is yes and your budget supports it, then the time could be very right for you to consider trying to think about a podcast. Absolutely. I love that. Well, hey, thanks so much for joining this podcast and sharing all your insights. Really appreciate it. Awesome. I love the topics you guys cover in your podcast, Brad, and I appreciate the dialogue and I hope you have a great afternoon. Thanks. You as well.